podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host. So today we're talking about t-shirts because t-shirts are at one time unremarkable. They're just a part of our everyday lives, something that we don't really think about. But also they're super important in terms of forming our identity and as an element of self-expression. Uh, and who better to talk about this tension than Perry Shaw, collector, artist, musician. Hello. Hello. So what is so satisfying about collecting because I think we all do in some way. Yeah, it's just some weird impulsive thing that like I've been doing for a long time, I guess. A lot of it is just whatever catches my eye. Usually if it's the weirder, the better, something I've never seen before or something that my friends aren't going to have. Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing that since I was 12. Like I started getting really excited. It was like you could find a Metallica shirt at a thrift store for 25 cents. And I found like a Jimi Hendrix shirt. And then um, I found a trash bag in the attic of all my dad's old t-shirts. Between the two of those things, that was like, oh, I think I like (laughs) t-shirts. So it seems 1,400 t-shirts is a lot. And counting. Like, how do you keep it all organized? I keep everything in specific categories. And I have floor to ceiling, wall to almost wall. I have to keep room so the door can open. Shelves. Kind of like if you went to a record store and all the genres of music, like Mm -hmm. all the T-shirts are in their different genres of T-shirt. So I know where something is going to be if I need to find it. So music-wise, I have them separated into like loose genres. So like heavier music and like metal and even like rap and stuff like that are kind of all in the same general area. And then like hard rock and 90s bands, I have a section that's what I consider more like a classic rock radio section, um, punk music and soul and jazz and funk. And there's skateboarding t-shirts and there is soft drinks, fast food. And then I have political shirts and I have a section that's just comedians. So I have a Howie Mandel shirt from the Velcro of Love tour. (laughs) It goes on and on. I can't even think of all of them. I have a section that's just like miscellaneous vintage destinations, you know, locations in the world, touristy shirts kind of stuff. And of course, what I'm wearing right now is I have about four shelves worth of just old Philadelphia related shirts. Which, by the way, it says I survived the Schuylkill Expressway. Yes. Do you have like the shirts in subgenres within the genre? Well, yeah, like so all my Metallica shirts will be with all the Metallica shirts, but they're next to the heavy metal Mm -hmm. section or whatever. So I have like maybe I have 20 Metallica shirts you know, they take up a whole entire stack themselves. Or Elvis Costello shirts have their own section. Kiss shirts have their own section. I do every once in a while go through and will like color categorize them like a rainbow kind of. But then, you know, you take a shirt out of the bottom and then eventually it's a lot of work. But you tease, you flirt, and you shine all the buttons on your green shirt. You can please yourself, but somebody's gonna get it. Do you 
you have it all in your mind? Um, yeah, it's it's all in there. That's my whole brain, though. That's all it's filled with. I don't mm -hmm. have room for anything else. <laughs> do you feel like if you don't wear a shirt for a while that maybe it gets oh, a God. little sad? <laughs> I do. I do. And that's so weird because that's not something I ever thought about. I feel like I might even talk to them out loud like, I can't believe I haven't worn this in a while. You know, I don't say like, can't believe I haven't worn you in a while. <laughs> My rule is just to wear them because why else would you have them, you know? Right. I mean, I like having stuff for archival purposes, obviously, but also I want to show it off. The T-shirt that's maybe my most prized possession, I got it for 15 bucks on eBay. This is the good part about eBay is you can search for something you want, and even if you don't buy it, now you know it exists. Mm. So maybe one day you'll find it for cheaper. So one of my favorite movies is Phantom of the Paradise. It's a oh, Brian De Palma movie. I love that right. movie. So... I'm obsessed with it. I have a tattoo of it. And like, I've been watching that since I was a kid. But I'd always seen this one that was this specific design, kind of like the cover of the VHS tape or DVD. And I found one. I bought it. I have it. It was completely unworn. And I contacted Paul Williams, who is, you know, a god and <laughs> who was in the movie and who wrote all the music and acted in it. And he's on Twitter and he's very accessible. And I asked him, like, do you know anything about this T-shirt? And he responded, like, they didn't make a lot of those. They were only for, like, either promo or for people who worked on the movie. And I got it for 15 bucks. I never let my personal desires influence my aesthetic judgment. Oh, what's that mean? It means I think you're terrific. I do have, like, a ton of things that I'm like, I never thought I would have got one of these. Or this was from somebody special to me who gave it to me. You know, I have a shirt from somebody who passed away who gave it to me. Mm. But then there's stuff that's just like a favorite musician of mine. I have a shirt from them from like the year they started or the year after they started, you know. One of my good friends who plays drums in my band gave me this shirt that I'd always been looking for but could never find. And it's, um, it's William Penn on top of City Hall. And he has his coat open and it says expose yourself to philadelphia <laughs> and i'd been looking for that forever he is actually from arkansas and bought the shirt on tour in like thailand or something i don't know where he went somewhere or like my friend brian gives me a taxi driver shirt that he used to wear when he was a kid and i can wear it all the time now and like i've never seen that shirt since like i've looked all over for another one so i can have one that i can wear all the time that's less delicate you talking to me well, I'm the only one here. So now when I go to thrift stores, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally obsessed with flipping through, you know, as fast as I can. I look through every shirt. I know exactly what I'm looking for. It's like there's nothing more satisfying than being in a store and accidentally finding something as opposed to typing it in and saying, oh, there we go. Yeah. I don't care about the money part from vintage. I have resold stuff. Usually it's because I think somebody will want this more than I would. I have sold stuff for a lot of money just because I thought, oh, cool. If I make this money back, I can just buy more T-shirts. Mm. And it always goes back to T-shirts because that's what I spend most of my money on. And feed back into that economy, which is different than like the Target economy. Right. When you go into a Target, you're like, cool, I want to get that distressed ACDC shirt. There it is. Got it. <laughs> 
paid my eight bucks or whatever it is. Well, and also like I'm making some money, but also I spent money on gas and I drove to five thrift stores before I found that shirt and all that stuff. So it is kind of weird to see it get more and more popular. And you know, there's that thrift store song. Was it Macklemore, I guess? I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. That song weirdly did get things moving with people going to thrift stores more. It's bizarre, but that's pop culture, I guess. Pop the Question is brought to you by Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University. Pannoni Honors College is invested in undergraduate research, scholar development, and interdisciplinary scholarship. With students from various backgrounds and academic fields of study, the Honors College engages its community in complex ideas. Info at drexel.edu slash Pannoni. That's P-E-N-N-O-N-I. Pannoni Honors College, a place for active learning, high achievement, and community. I don't collect any shirts because I think they're ironic or because I think, can you believe I have this shirt? Isn't it so wacky? Like, I either love the fact that it was made for a certain reason or to memorialize a certain time. So all this stuff is important to me in some way. Well, and it's not necessarily about the t-shirt as an artifact or a prize, right? Which I think is what eBay is great for. Like if you're looking for something really specific, but the journey or the process in of itself, which is like a whole other level of approaching the idea of like collecting and curating and archiving. But when you think about it, the t-shirt carries so much meaning because it does reinforce identity in some ways like you've picked something out specifically to wear and to to wear on your world to show the world on your person it's the one thing we got and that's very important that's very political in and of itself it kind of is to me because it first of all it's like a, a walking advertisement for anything it can really bring together like any type of person and break the ice and i guess i want the connection i want somebody to talk to me about it or something hmm. Or sometimes you wear a shirt that you want to make sure nobody wants to talk to you. <laughs> like you accidentally wear a bad religion shirt to a thrift store that plays Christian radio the whole time you're there. <laughs> it's a pretty uncomfortable thing, but people won't talk to you for sure. So you also are an artist and a musician. So has the t-shirt collection expanded into these other areas of your life? Yeah, well, a lot of it because I'm mostly designing for musicians, doing album art or posters or t-shirts and stuff. It all kind of influences each other. I collect a certain thing and I want everything I have to look a certain way. So I want to create things that I'd feel comfortable with putting on my shelf or adding to my collection of t-shirts or wearing and all that. I never want to make a shirt that I don't want to wear. Yeah, I guess in high school, I just started using like Sharpies and drawing t-shirts for my own band. We would get iron-ons and we would make, you could print out an iron-on and make it on a shirt. Whoa, I never thought about this, hold on. My mom, when I was in preschool, her and her friend would make these like puffy paint, you know, shirts and they'd go to like craft fairs and they'd sell them. And it would be like a bunny rabbit that kind of resembles Bugs Bunny, but it's not Bugs Bunny. (laughs) And he's on a skateboard, you know, and stuff like that. Maybe it was in my blood. Both of my grandmothers were artists, Mm. too. So maybe the T-shirt was just the evolution of canvas and then starting to 
figure out how I wanted shirts to look for myself. And then eventually you're just like, I guess this is a thing that people want me to do. You know, I walked into a record store in Cincinnati like a year or two ago, and there was this giant version of this album cover that I made in the window. So everybody who walked by sees not only like the album cover I made, but it's like five times the size. <laughs> and it was just like, well, I must be doing something right. I also imagine that the process of like creating something and then the satisfaction of like handing it off to somebody and have it and like seeing them being like, this is exactly it. I didn't know what I wanted, but this is exactly yeah, it. Yeah, that's the best. Seems very similar to the act of going into a thrift Whoa. store. And like finding, Whoa. is that, am I like That's, completely wrong? Uh, no, you just blew my mind. Seriously. <laughs> well, I'm out. I never thought about that. Sh- show is over. <laughs> okay, to be fair, it's not hard to blow my mind. But no, 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 that was, that was good. Yeah, there's something, definitely some connection because it is, it's just cool to yeah. see that stuff. Uh, ev- like everywhere. Yeah. And being like online and being referenced and being used in a way to be like i want my art to look like this can you make that happen and creating like a network of perry i don't necessarily think that's good or bad (laughs) or like cool i just have to do it Mm -hmm. i feel like i have to do it i kind of can't not do it Um, well, and I think that's what's just kind of cool about the idea of collecting T-shirts is that it can't be like just a T-shirt, right? There's a right. lot of stuff that comes with it. And so I think what's really exciting about your collection and your like archive is that you're kind of making the the ordinary extraordinary. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's bigger than people make it seem. I mean, it's literally art. It's a piece of art that you're traveling with. Yeah, well, and somebody has done the design work like there is somebody somebody, screen printed it too which is a different art and then somebody has put the shirt together itself like i collect blanks and all that stuff and i meet old screen printers and ask them a million questions about the shirts that they used in the 70s and before that and i met this guy who screen printed shirts for fresh prince and jazzy jeff before they did like a european tour or something because he's been screen printing in philly since the 70s and they walked into his shop because they needed to get these made. But then that also adds in not just the art, but the history, right? The fact that you can, like, track the trajectory of oh, T-shirts yeah, and, like... That's, like, a huge part of the obsession is, you know, you want to find the coolest, oldest shirt you can. I'm constantly, especially at estate sales, I'm like, these things were owned by somebody a lot of times for their whole life or for a majority of their life. What happened in their life? What did they do for a living? Why did they own this? I just found like an entire collection of some guy's clothes from the early 60s. I love finding stuff like that where I'm like, you can't prepare for it, you know? (laughs) And um, I want to own that because I would like to think that they would care that somebody is holding on to this thing that was their legacy, really, which is maybe that's too deep. the history of the t-shirt yeah the obvious i guess would be starting from an undershirt and it was 
army issued uniform, really. It was your uniform. So it would say that. And eventually small businesses or mechanics would put the name on their shirt as a uniform because it gets hot and you're working under cars and you need to take your button up uniform shirt off. So there's a lot to it, but then the graphics didn't start coming onto t-shirts as a more novelty thing. I can't remember the 50s or 60s. The So the Ed Roth and Stanley Mouse and all these like monster artists who were doing hot rod art and cartoons and stuff, they started putting them on the back of sweatshirts for young adults and stuff who owned hot rods who were putting the cars together and, you know, making these unique vehicles to race. These artists would start airbrushing these cartoons of them and then eventually the back of sweatshirt turned into the front of a t-shirt and so there is a leave it to beaver episode where him and his friends get these monster sweatshirts with these air and they're all daring each other they're all like all right we're all going to wear these to school tomorrow beaver what in the world is that oh you noticed huh (laughs) boy beaver is that what you ran off and bought only 375 And the face is guaranteed not to run when you wash it. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) Thinking about how the t-shirt goes from the 50s when like being like the sexy risque number that becomes like James Dean and Marlon Brando and the iconic white t-shirt that Taylor Swift is still referencing. But then that like carries through with youth culture where like then everybody wants to like wear the cool t-shirt. And if we're using it as identity, then we might as well put stuff on it so what is the future of the t-shirt as you see it i think a lot of the modern younger culture right now that is spending a ton of money on t-shirts a lot of those people just want 90s stuff Mm. but um i mean people are already starting to collect stuff from the early 2000s which is wild to me but i don't know maybe it'll take people away from wanting all the old stuff i want i mean and i guess everybody's different and i can't judge anybody for how they choose to interpret fashion and stuff or how much the money they want to spend if you want to spend money and it makes you happy do it but i guess i just miss the hunt for i mean i still do it but for i want other people to have that satisfaction basically to be able to go out in the wild and find stuff because you don't know what you can get and it's fun and it's satisfying and it's inexpensive but i genuinely love this stuff i mean yeah the other day i hung out with some like older people at a thrift store and just talked shop (laughs) like they look for different stuff than i do and you know i can relate more to people like that who are just doing it because they also enjoy it it's therapeutic to them everybody loves to find deals Mm -hmm. nobody doesn't love a good deal for sitting down and talking to us about all the things yeah from art to t-shirts and everything else i really appreciate all the time you spent just in life perusing and doing this <laughs> I hope um and also just like talking us through the process and, and all that stuff so thanks yeah thanks for having me and listening to me talk about this ridiculous thing The Question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our audio engineering and theme was produced by Brian Kantorik. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paul Morans-Cohen, and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University.